Okay, Problematics, the best part of being a political commentator is that everything I'm about to say to you could be absolutely wrong and I'll still be here. That said, Happy New Year, and here are my political and cultural predictions for 2022. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Oh, Problematics, a new year is upon us, and like I said in the intro... You can be a political commentator and be absolutely wrong about everything and still be employed. Um, But I am not generally wrong about everything. I have some pretty astute instincts. And as we wrap up the year, um, I wanted to give you some of my political and cultural predictions for 2022. These aren't Things that are extremely specific, but these are just general trends that I think we are going to be seeing in 2022 and beyond. So I cannot do a predictions episode without starting out with the fact that my prediction is that black voters have had absolutely enough of Joe Biden. It's true. And there is a new poll out there that is really some bad news when it comes to the Biden administration um, and black voters. Okay, so this is according to a new political morning consult poll of about 2000 voters released this month. 58 percent of black respondents said they approved of the job Biden was doing as president compared to 43 percent of all voters. Now, the approval among black voters has been sliding throughout the year. And this is the important one. This is a poll by Hit Strategies, as reported by NBC News, that showed that 48% of black voters said in November that Biden was addressing their needs compared to 66% of respondents in June. So what you see now is black Americans kind of moving away from Biden in droves. Now, I have to be very honest with you guys. Now, you hear a lot from some black conservative political commentators that that think that just because black voters are fed up with Biden and the Biden administration and all of that stuff, that they're automatically just going to run to vote for Republicans and vote for conservatives. I do not necessarily think that that is true as of this point, although anything can change. I just think that you're seeing a lot of different things right now. So we were told, and this is all voters, by the way, not just African-American voters, but African-American voters specifically were told when Biden was running that this was going to be the great uniter, that if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you ain't black. You know, he and Kamala Harris were going to have meetings in the Oval Office with BLM. All of the stuff that you saw in the streets um, in 2020, that was all about Democrats getting votes. So they were being told that, number one, black people and a lot of Americans, particularly black people, were being told by the left throughout the entire four years of Trump that our lives were just so horrible because, remember, we had a racist and we had a white supremacist in the White House and these were white supremacists. They were going to come back and put you in chains and all of these awful, awful things were happening. But a lot of people, like myself, you know, took their nose up from the computer or the screen or whatever and saw things actually getting better. And the reason why things were so better tangible things were so better during the Trump years is because it was filled with people 
Trump White House drama aside, now I know that the media wants to get everybody ginned up about whatever drama was going on in that White House. There's drama in every White House, okay? There are just some White Houses that are more disciplined than others and some White Houses that have less leaks than others. There's a lot of drama going on in the Biden administration right now. It is just not being leaked to the press because we all know that the press is here to protect them. But anyway, the Trump administration was filled with very competent people that were doing their jobs in terms of the economy, in terms of pro-business policies. And we saw that stuff reflected with the economy. We saw this stuff reflected with unemployment. We saw this stuff reflected with the best economy the world had ever seen. And then COVID hit. And we all know how that ended up, right? So at the same time that Black Americans were being told that their lives were so awful because Trump was such a, an evil, bad, mean, white supremacist, their actual lives were better, right? Now, this is almost the opposite that we see what's going on with Biden. We are being told to look away from so many just bad things. We're being told to look away from Joe Biden's obvious mental decline. It's very obvious that it is being very tightly controlled how he is being presented to voters, right? This guy is not doing press conferences. This guy has done one press conference this year. One, by the way, one press conference. So it is very obvious that there's somebody hiding him. And when people see this stuff, they see a president that is basically hiding in the basement most of the time. They see a vice president, by the way, Kamala Harris, who sucks, that nobody really likes. They were, she was sold to Americans, particularly to African-Americans as, oh, yeah, this was a sister girl. You know, she went to she went to Howard. She's going to be here for us. Throw up the fest. Yes. Go, ma'am. Miss Kamala Harris slay. Just didn't happen because she sucks. Right. And again, she doesn't suck because she's black or because she's a woman or because she's both. She sucks because she sucks. She these people are literally incompetent. So black voters see this stuff and what they see outside of all of that stuff is that they see inflation, they see high gas prices, they see their groceries becoming more expensive, they see supply chain issues, they, they people see things like the groceries becoming more expensive. This last Christmas and Thanksgiving were per capita the most expensive Thanksgiving and Christmases ever for people that were buying groceries, right? So people see these things. And I believe I've said this before, but the reason that the black community in this country can't be gaslit right now into thinking that everything is great is because the two people that are in the Oval Office, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, are not charismatic enough to sell failure and make people think that their lives are great. The Obama years was brilliant at this because you say, say a lot about Obama, but he was charismatic. He did know how to speak. They did not have to hide this person. So it was very easy for them to throw their propaganda on Obama's back because he sold it so well. So now we have a weak president and a weak vice president who are not even charismatic enough to sell the propaganda that comes from mainstream media. They're failing on coronavirus, by the way. They sent TikTok stars and the Jonas Brothers and the Pentatonics to do videos in the Oval Office to try to, to, try to sell the, the COVID vaccine to people. So these people are, are, are really failing. And there is a sense here. And also, that doesn't even bring into account the failing violent cities like Chicago, Philadelphia, New York City. All of these cities are run top to down 
top to bottom by Democrats. A lot of people see this stuff. And there is a sense of unease that I detect, and this is not being me being a Republican hack, this is me being an astute observer of patterns. And there is a sense of unease from these people on the left, from the usual suspects, from the usual suspects like the squad, from the usual suspects like the black liberals who are just always there to sort of protect Democrats in office. There is a sense of unease that their usual diversions are not working on black people. And I've got a media platform coming out in about a month and a half that is that is directed towards presenting and sort of pushing the idea of black conservatism out there. And one of the reasons why I came up with this organization, you guys will hear more about this in the coming weeks, is that I go to black, I'm a, I'm a black millennial, I go to the same, the outlets that are for black people. And when I think about this stuff, I think about the shade room. So if you go on Instagram and go to the shade room, the shade room is pr- probably the spot online for black culture. And it was very obvious to me that the Shade Room is obviously taking money from the DNC. They're obviously taking money from some left-leaning organizations because I'd noticed that in 2020, the Shade Room got much more political. And it got much more political about trying to sell Kamala Harris and trying to sell Joe Biden and all this other stuff. And when you look in the comments in the Shade Room, the people are just not having it. There, there are people that are saying, let's go Trump. There are people that are saying, oh, I wish I never voted for this. There are people that are saying, oh, my God, you know, they got us with the okie doke again. People are seeing their real, actual lives get worse as a result of these policies, as a result of Biden, as a result of Harris, as a result of the pure incompetence that we are seeing. And now they are getting the sense that all of the things that they were told in terms of Oh, yeah, Kamala Harris is here for black people and, you know, Joe Biden is here for black people and they're going to meet with BLM and they're going to do all these things and they're going to forgive student loan debt and they're going to do all this stuff. This stuff is not happening. okay? and people see it and they're disappointed and they're mad. And they're not necessarily going to admit that they made a mistake. They're not necessarily going to admit that they're wrong. And they're also not necessarily going to just run to vote for Republican for the Republican Party because Republicans have still not figured out this messaging. And it's almost like they get worse because the people that are elevated at times in the Republican Party say stupid stuff all the time. That is just going to turn off the vast majority of black voters. That is just the reality of the situation. So Republicans like a clear and coherent message to black voters. And these black voters that are fed up with Biden, that know that Kamala Harris is not a good vice president, that know that they have been lied to, they're starting to get the sense. I don't know that these people are going to go for Republicans, but what I do know is this, that Republicans' best hope is that these people just stop showing up to vote for Democrats. Because, you know, African-American voters know that nothing's going to change. I think that some people realize it at some point, that nothing is going to change for them with these Democrats. But I do believe that black voters have had enough of Biden. They have had enough of Kamala Harris. They have had enough of being manipulated by race and racism and all of this other stuff in order to vote for Democrats. They're starting to get the sense that BLM Inc. 
was a scam. And people are starting to get the sense that they were used. So black voters have had enough of Biden. That is my number one prediction. How that will reflect in voting patterns, we'll just have to wait until November of 2022 to see that. Next up, I'm going to tell you why I think Ron DeSantis will become even more of a target for the left and that he will start distancing himself more from Trump. I have more on that for you after the break. Okay, problematics. Look, to me, I do not know that there is a more inexplicable hate that comes from the left than the hate for Ron DeSantis. Particularly from liberals that live in Florida and that benefited from the way that he has dealt with the coronavirus pandemic here in Florida. And this is what I predict. Because Ron DeSantis is good at his job, because he is basically Trump policies minus the BS, because he beats the media at their own game over and over and over again, I predict that the hate that the left has for Ron DeSantis will become even more intense. As he's proven right over and over and over again, the deeper we get into the coronavirus pandemic. Obviously, right now, the Omicron variant is wreaking havoc among New York City and Boston and LA in the cities that were the most strict about the lockdowns. It is not wreaking havoc in Florida. Granted, there are more cases, like there are more cases everywhere, but Florida has enough testing for everybody. Florida has obviously, the longer and deeper we get into this, and by the way, we're going on two years in the coronavirus pandemic. It is, he is being proven right more and more and more. It drives liberals absolutely crazy. Case in point, of of liberal insanity when it comes to Ron DeSantis, there is this new op-ed that was from written in the Miami Herald, written by a woman, what was her name? Uh, this woman's name is Fabiola Santiago. And basically, I mean, this woman just completely tries to destroy Ron DeSantis. Literally. This is the 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 title of this is Last lesson of 2021, Florida, Omicron happens when we act selfishly like Governor DeSantis. So basically, the, this, this writer, you know, suggests that surging infection rates are all due to Floridians, quote unquote, giddily taking risks. Um, she says that DeSantis fails to guide Florida with sensible policies or appropriate verbal direction for people who, quote, most need to hear an endorsement of science over quackery from him, the politically reticent to the vaccine. So this writer it, it is driven crazy by the fact that Ron DeSantis will not govern like a liberal. He will not govern the way that she wants him to govern in a, a weird sort of internal sickness of Florida is the people that live in the more liberal enclaves of Florida. And I'm talking New York, excuse me, I'm talking Fort Lauderdale. I'm talking Miami. These people come, a lot of these people have fled to Florida from these crappy cities that have been completely destroyed by the coronavirus. And so they come to Florida with their liberal bona fides. 
And so they love Florida because it's open and because it's free, but yet they still hate Ron DeSantis for some reason. They It's almost like they come down here because Florida is free, but yet they still want to be locked down. It's really one of the more bizarre things that I've ever seen. But like I'm telling you folks, Ron DeSantis, he, I believe that he is going to drive some of these liberals even crazier than Trump. And the reason he's going to drive them even crazier than Trump is that he is too smart to get into the mud with them unless he absolutely has has to. And when he does get in the mud with them, he gets out clean as a whistle. Remember, last summer, the mainstream media started testing out their attacks on Ron DeSantis. Do you remember that CBS uh, 60 Minutes piece that had to be debunked where they tried to pretend as if he gave public pharmacies the the um, access to the vaccine because they had made some sort of campaign donation to them. And a local Democrat, someone who was involved in the process, had to come up and say, come out and say that it was completely ridiculous. And then some reporter tried to call him out on it. And then he had to release the longer form of him basically reading this reporter the riot act because they tried to use a deceptively edited clip in the CNN piece. It was wild. Go look it up if, if you guys, if that somehow missed you. But he drives these people crazy. And so now back to this op-ed, this opinion column. She writes, the governor is governing with such authoritarianism that he comes perilously close to fascism with every move. So many of us wish he could put politics aside, at least for the coronavirus. And, and what this writer fails to realize, number one, I don't know what kind of people they're hiring at the Miami Herald, but what, how DeSantis is governing is the opposite of authoritarianism. And certainly it's not fascism. I, I think that there is like this wheel of fortune. This is like the spinning wheel of leftist buzzwords that they use and they have to inject them into every article. So this is not authoritarianism. It's certainly not fascism. If you want to look at authoritarianism, look at how de Blasio has treated New York City. Look at how Newsom has, has treated Florida. Look at how every even the, the Boston mayor, I believe her name is uh, Michelle Wu, now she is doing vaccine passports in Boston. This is authoritarianism. This is completely insane. But like I said, DeSantis is going to keep on driving these people crazy. Okay, we are going to see more and more of this in 2022 as he runs for re-election in Florida. And these people, the people in the mainstream media, I am telling you, they are terrified of Ron DeSantis. They're not afraid of Trump. They know how to run against Trump and they know how to beat Trump. And I do believe that if Trump runs again, he will be defeated. And I think that on some level he knows it. And I think that on some level some of the people around him know it as well. They're not scared of Trump. They want Trump to run. Oh my, are you kidding me? They would love for Donald Trump to run again in 2024 so they can pull out the same playbook. And there is nothing that would galvanize the left more than Donald Trump becoming the nominee again in 2024, which is what why I personally think it's not a great idea. And DeSantis, back to him, he drives the coastal elites that live in New York, D.C., Boston, and L.A. absolutely nuts because he's actually done a good job with COVID. People that live in Florida that have not been completely 
brain damaged due to leftism realize that. I even know some Democrats here that appreciate how he's run. And I think that what he's done in Florida will only be appreciated more the deeper we get into the pandemic as we see that all of the aggressive moves to lockdown were just the the bad move, the wrong move by a lot of these leftist politicians. And to wrap this all up, this is what I think about when it comes to DeSantis and Trump. What real people outside of politics will tell you what I just told you, which is that they prefer that Trump not run again and that DeSantis runs for president. There are too many people in politics right now that will not say this because a lot of their platforms, a lot of their access to power, all of that stuff is too, um, it's too wrapped up in Donald Trump and this idea that he's going to run again in 2024. Regular people will tell you that they prefer that Ron DeSantis runs and that Trump not runs again. And this is what I think. I think that if it came down to the two of them in a primary, if it was DeSantis, if DeSantis decided to stand up against the Trump machine and run against Trump in a presidential primary, I believe that DeSantis would have a real shot at taking it. I I truly do. And it would become one of those things where everybody would be vocally, oh, yeah, rah, 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 pro-Trump, pro-Trump, pro-Trump. And then they would just vote for Ron DeSantis. And I think that DeSantis knows that. I think that's why the Trump people and in, in he don't have the best relationship in the world. Remember, a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, I shared you that article about the sort of insider drama about Trump resenting DeSantis, which I believe is absolutely true. And I think that he will start distancing himself more from Trump because he doesn't need Trump. Ron DeSantis will run for president on his own record that he can defend on exactly how he handled coronavirus in Florida. And independents will realize that he did a good job at it. Coming up, culturally. I believe that 2022 will see America enter into what I am calling the post-woke era. Well, what is that? I'm going to explain it to you right after the break. So welcome to 2022. I'll tell you personally, it can't get here fast enough for me because I do believe that 2022 is going to see the entry into what I am coining here right now is the post-woke era. Well, what is that? Okay, so I'm going to break it down a little bit. In order to talk about what the post-woke era is going to be, let's talk about the woke era. The woke era is what we have just been living in for the past 10 years. The last 10 years were social media in its infancy, particularly Twitter. The last 10 years saw Twitter completely explode in terms of a platform that people use to communicate. I personally hate Twitter. I think it's a time suck. I am not on it very much. One of my personal career resolutions for next year is to relearn how to use Twitter again because I absolutely hate it. It just does nothing for me. But for a lot of people, it did a lot. These voices that were previously unheard were now started to be heard by Twitter. But they used their voices to bully and scold anyone who wasn't woke enough. 
There was a moment in this country where, where Twitter really could get you fired. You really could tweet something off color. You really could tweet something that wasn't woke enough or whatever. And the Twitter mob would really get you fired. Now, what we have seen over the past couple of years is normal, rational people rising up against Twitter mobs. Normal, rational people realize that just because somebody tweeted something stupid does not mean that their livelihood should be taken away. Just because somebody is not woke enough does not mean that they're a racist or whatever. And and people have started to stand up to this. And that is what is going to usher us, I believe, into the post-woke era. Because the vast majority of regular Americans are sick and tired of it. We are sick and tired of being bullied for what we truly believe, for being told that we shouldn't say something, for being told that we have to use these pronouns or talk about this or say Latin X, which, by the way, nobody says. And we are just tired of being told what to do by people who do not matter on Twitter. We are over it. So what does that mean for the the post-woke era? I'm, I believe that this means that we're going to start seeing some different things in culture. First of all, the left and the Democrats and the powers that be have tried and failed to bully corporations into their will. Remember what happened with the All-Star Game. Remember, oh, the Georgia voting law is so racist, we have to move the All-Star Game out of Georgia and into Denver. So we moved George, we moved the All-Star game out of Georgia, which has a huge black population and one of the biggest black-owned small business populations in the entire country. And then we moved it to Colorado, which is one of the widest states in the country. I still don't remember I, I still don't realize what the logic in that was, but anyway, it happened. And the left loved having that power. I do not think that they have this power over corporations anymore. 10 years into the Twitter mobs and the Twitter wars and all of this other stuff and people being canceled and all that stuff, these corporations realize, number one, that if something's trending on Twitter, it will not be trending in a couple of hours. And if you let this stuff blow over, all of the brain dead morons who have nothing better to do but to be outraged and offended by something on Twitter will just find something else to be outraged or offended about. That's just the way that this goes. So now they don't even, the corporations don't even really care about this stuff anymore. That is step one of the post-woke era. Um, for me though, The thing that will define this post-woke era is, I believe, our media and entertainment. This will be the era that is an answer for everything that has been shoved down our throats for the past decade. The hyper-woke stuff is going to be slowly drained from entertainment because the powers that be are finding out that that stuff is simply not selling. Remember that movie, The Eternals, the big Marvel movie? Oh, it's supposed to be so woke because there's a gay couple and Salma Hayek was talking about being like a 50-year-old Latina superhero and all of this other – and then then one of them was like Muslim and all, and this was supposed to be great. And, 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 it, and it flopped. It just underperformed. It didn't do well. Not that any of these things are particularly bad, by the way. It's not bad that there's a gay couple. It's not bad that there's a Muslim superhero. It's not, These things are not bad. It's just that – People have started to reject this stuff being in here just to moralize, into finger scold, into make a point. And people have reacted to it 
by not consuming this stuff. Marvels didn't do well. As a matter of fact, they did so poorly that everybody in the woke, these woke entertainment writers were writing articles about, they were like, oh, well, you know, the Eternals didn't do well because people just weren't ready for all this. I honestly believe that at this point, nobody, people don't care that much anymore. But put the content first, put the entertainment first, do what you're trying to do first. There was a show, Lovecraft Country, Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO. And it was good. And, and I've done an episode about that when it first came out. And I thought, I was like, wow, this is going to be a, um, a horror show that is centered around black people. I thought that would be cool. I wanted to watch it. And then I watch it, and it's a whole bunch of Jim Crow era, everything is racist, all of that stuff. And it's a turnoff. I don't even think black people want to watch that crap anymore. Nobody watched that, so it got canceled. And the only way the brain-dead morons in Hollywood will listen is if people stop consuming this crap. crap. And let me tell you, they have. The 2022 midterms are going to usher in what I believe will be a solid decade of Republican rule, first of all. If we, can, if we have the right nominee in 2024, that person will serve two terms. But there'll be a solid decade of Republican rule and conservative-leaning things in culture. And remember, guys, this is cyclical. Do you remember the 80s? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I, was, I was, you know, I was, uh, God, born in the late 80s. But this is the thing. The culture of the 80s from the movies to the music and all of that stuff, it reflected Ronald, Ronald Reagan, it reflected Republican politics at the time. It reflected, look, remember Greed is Good. Remember these hyper-violent, like hyper-masculine action movies? That was the stuff of that era. And what we have from the, from the, the, the 2010s is a bunch of woke crap that nobody sees. Did anybody see Nomadland? That, that one best picture at the Oscars earlier this year, I saw it. It's actually a great movie because I'm a film nerd. My tastes don't dictate the vast majority of the Americans. Most people will never, ever watch that movie in their lives. So when the powers that be realize that people are not consuming this stuff anymore, we are going to move from the woke stuff to things that are a little bit more reflective of the real America and of the real country. Because all of this stuff, so much stuff that you're seeing right now reflects the tastes of nobody but people that live in large cities in our Hollywood elites and, and all of that other stuff. We will start to see this shift. And my advice to people that are involved in the conservative movement right now, um, and this is something that I'm looking to do myself as I sort of get deeper into different things that I want to do. Conservatives need to start creating the culture that's going to reflect this moment. Because if not, we're going to be left behind, just like usual. But I do believe that the post-woke era is coming. You're going to start seeing signs of it in early 2022, but it is going to be turbocharged come November. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow Problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. 
Special thanks to our producer, Robert Borowski, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and Speaker New Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.